The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Extra, extra, read all about it. Newspapers on Sesame Street. Oh, great, a newspaper. I'll take one. That's right, Bert, a newspaper. A newspaper is a great way to find out about what's happening all over the world. It's right here in the newspaper. Yeah, I know. One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Perfect timing as well, uh, sir. Professional as always. Hey, yo. <laughs> How are we doing, Maxi? Um, well, I was just telling you not a minute ago that I'm feeling rough as rats today, so yeah. not not too good. But I wasn't missing another episode of Chain Wrestling. Fantastic stuff, mate. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, we've got quite a bit to talk about, haven't we? Got some got some funny stories from the CWF with our local news. Yeah, that's gonna be quite interesting. It was an inspired topic by yourself. Well, thank you very much. It was inspired, I'll tell you that. It was definitely inspired. But we'll get to what it was inspired by very, very soon. Is my light working okay? It looks like half my face is shiny. The other half's like just not lit up. It's you, you're a little bit darker than normal, but that's so always a good thing. Oh, cheers, mate! Thank you. So, see if I can. <laughs> Shit, is that better? Has to be better, isn't it? There we go. A little bit better. Yep. Yeah. Ah, Too bright now. To be fair. Shall I just turn it off? Shall I just, shall yeah. I just turn my camera off? <laughs> yeah, just turn off the whole camera. That'd be better. Yeah. Do you just want to go solo tonight? I'll just get in the chat. Whoa! Too far, Tony. <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed, we have a huge Chain Wrestling Live for you again this Monday evening. We have uh, a new feature based on an old feature, but it's more positive. And it's yeah. not quite looking forward to getting into. It's going to be good fun. Yeah. We have well, the returning Mr. Mags tells you about how much of a Billy Bullshitter Hulk Hogan is. We have a fantastic non-wrestling topic, a pretty good wrestling match as well. Um, Penny you are, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean... What else are you going to do on a Monday night? Watch fucking Coronation Street? Give your head a wobble. I mean, that's finished by now, so you could have potentially watched it's not, it. Actually. It's not. It's on until 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, wow. Special. Well, come come back in about half an hour. If you're a Curry fan, just come back in. So or watch it. Yeah, watch it on RTV Hub. Yeah, there you go. Watch it on Catch. Yeah. Obviously, you're just pulling out the big guns because they've they got to compete with us, though. Exactly. Exactly. Same with Sky and Monday Night Football. Yeah, is there a game tonight? I don't know. No, don't it's know. fucking international break, isn't it? Oh, everyone's favourite, meaningless oh, internationals. For sake, gonna watch a gang of, you know, hopeless morons run around the pitch for, you know, ninety minutes. Yeah, and then obviously Moldova will be playing against England. So, what? Well, I didn't realise Gloucester were were on TV. You're a prick. You are. <laughs> now you really as, are. As if I could talk with Burnley 
putting up uh, such great efforts against every team they come up against. We were talking, actually, I was talking to uh, Ben from the um, former RSH podcast and who helps out with his wife on the Axe Playlist podcast by Messenger yesterday, just about sport in general. And I told him about a record Gloucester City actually have. And an established, long-term, huge record, mate, that I don't think is ever going to get beaten. Is it like a double LP? No. No, no, no. We are the oldest football club in this country to have never played in the Football League. <laughs> Let's put that on the mantelpiece. 138 or 139 years. You shit bastards. <laughs> and on that note. Don't interrupt my intro, please. I work hard on this. I put at least 15 seconds of effort into this shit. Okay. <laughs> Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you'll be watching or listening from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production, episode 137. I am Sai, and with me as always is the game to my lane, the cactus jack to my sweaty bum crack, a podcaster who... <laughs> to your face. <laughs> Just the thought of your sweaty bum crack sent a shiver oh. down my spine. A podcaster who has no idea how close I got to choosing a match from 1977 for my link in the poll this week. But I, I went against that in the end, because regardless of how good I think it is, nobody votes for good wrestling on this show. Everyone just wants to see blood and chairs. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, sir? Uh, yeah, con- considering I am still rough as arseholes and I cannot shake this covid Related illness, yeah, I'm not, not doing too bad. We're getting battered by Storm Debbie as of right now. I think winds have been 75 miles an hour around these parts. Of. Street. Yeah, it's it's pretty grim, but yeah, doing okay. So I don't know if that's going to come down this way, is it? And uh, um, well. I don't think so. I think you're going to get the next. Oh. The the sub I mean you're Midlands really aren't you? But the southern part no. you're going to get it technically is Midlands. What do you mean we're fucking Midlands? We're not fucking Midlands. Wales overspill in it really. Oh my fucking god, that's rich coming from you. You know, living in a small town. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that is rude. Uh, no, but I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll get this one. It's quite a small one compared to the one that's coming up for the south of the country. Right. And you live in a valley as well, don't you? So you're just going to fill up. Well, we live at the top of a... Oh, yes, I remember you saying. A valley. Um, mm. But there is... But a, that's not Burnley itself, though. That's not Burnley itself. That's that's your mansion, isn't it? Overlooking the peasants in Burnley. Oh, yeah. below. <laughs> Overlooking the, the, the tramps of Burnley. Um, yes. But, yeah, there's a couple of valleys. There's Ribble Valley, Rosendale Valley near us. So, um, 
it the wind does pick up. It's like a, a wind trap where we are. Right. Okay. Oh, well, hopefully it will pass quickly, mate. Hopefully it will pass quickly. It should die down by tomorrow, I think. Well, okay. Well, there you go. That's all right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, when we get to chicken news, we'll we'll find out that it's not all right. But oh dear. No. Okay. Well, before we get there, shall we have a look who has joined us early doors in the chat? Yes, and considering I said that um, I'm not feeling the best, and coffee mags may make a return. Kings, pigs, bladders, and James have uh, have not done me the best of favors. So the first one is uh, the lyrics to Agadu. So King Pig Butter says, Agadu, do, do, push pineapple, shake the tree. Agadu, do, do, push pineapple, grand coffee. To the left, to the right, jump up and down and to the knees. Come on, dance every night, sing a hula melody. Now, that makes sense. And then James goes one better with the the lyrics. I assume the lyrics to Scatman by Scatman John. So I'm not attempting this one, but apart from the skibbity I'm the scat man. And James then replies saying, Yeah, I'm all right, lads. Yep. How are you, sir? Um King's Pig Banner saying, Hiya, James. Uh Dan Griffin, evening CWF. How are we all doing? How are you? Good, sir. Connor in the chat. Hello to the two most handsome blokes from Burnley and Gloucester. Jesus. Oh, I'm coughing his guts up. That you're right. Man. That's what. That's what. That's what shot made the fact that he thinks that we're the most handsome blokes in our respective towns. Um, Dan Griffin says he's excited for this. Two top blokes discussing one of my favourite matches ever. So they must have someone else coming on after us to discuss this match. Uh, but we appreciate that, Dan. Uh, James says, "Hey, up, Dan and Connor." And Sharon says, "It's Monday night. You know what that means." Oh and yes. Dan Griffin still very, very angry at Sharon, saying, we demand the release of Big Bob. Whoever's got him, let him out for chain wrestling. It's Livy. It's not Sharon, it's Livy. Liv is holding him captive. Her words. (laughs) Uh, Dan then backs down and says, never mind, Sharon, I'm not arguing with Liv. Uh, That's very, very wise. Uh, Dan says... Uh, Corey and wrestling go hand in hand now with Les Batsby announced for South Pro show next year. Is is that true? Les Batsby is yeah. in a, a wrestling show. What wrestling or I don't know. I, I, I think I think he might actually be involved in a match, but I'm not he heavily must, he looked must into. Be hard up. Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess but there's loads of stuff online about him being involved. I don't know exactly what the details are for his involvement, but. The, the, the tweets back and forth from other people that I follow are kind of hinting at he's going to be involved somehow in a match, I think. Jesus. I mean, good good on him. Good on him for getting involved. But he may do a Ric Flair and die in the ring. Mm. Yes. You know, he's probably not as old as Flair, though, is he? Yeah, but he, he, on the show, it was a bit of an alky word. He saw he's, yeah. he's done his body some damage. Uh, he's got the red face the red alky cheeks, honey, like I've got. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I weren't going to say that, but never mind. Uh, Sar just described what it's like watching Man United, a bunch of hopeless efforts running around the picture in 90 minutes. Connor is being very, Ooh. very inflammatory there. So that's rich, really, coming from an Arsenal fan, because we've had the worst start our club has had for over 60 years, and we're still only, what, five points behind you? Um, Making that as what you will. They did also tub Burnley. Pretty oh. badly, yeah, so 
Scottish Danny in, in the room. Hello, Scottish Danny. How are you? Um, Dan Griffin, Mag's interrupting the intro like Sai interrupts my quality <laughs> segues on the Doctor Who pod. Uh, it's and, true. It happens. And then uh, Dan Griffin says, Debbie is doing the entire north of England. Uh, so, yeah, I watched uh, <laughs> I watched uh, some random YouTube video, and it was a guy talking about um, Storm Debbie, and he said um, he hopes she pisses off back to Dallas very soon. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and then Dan Griffin says, I doubt Les Battersea will do what she's 70 now. Ric Flair is, as we determined last week, he's 74, and that guy is wrestling again. So Les Battersby can wrestle again or, or wrestle for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. A couple of Canadian destroyers. I mean, so I expect nothing. <laughs> can you imagine Les Battersby <laughs> pulling out a Canadian destroyer, <laughs> a shooting star press? <laughs> Would it be called a Cory destroyer? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Connor for the last one for now says, I use my, uh, my, uh, saw combat on, the volley this week, so I've got no comeback for that one, boss man. Oh, oh I think he means my side comeback, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Magsy, you hinted at it at the top of the show. What's been going on with them chickens, my friend? Well, let's get into it. Chicken News with Max, only on Chain Wrestling. So, again, we go to a, a, a cut and size uh, looking like a dragon. Um, but yeah, Storm Debbie. Um, it's very apt that it was named after a woman because she is full of hot air and blowing a gale. Um, but oh, yeah, that, that cow bag, Storm Debbie, has ripped off the tarpaulin that goes above the, the, the run for my chickens. So I've had to buy a new tarpaulin. Okay. And it's also bent the frame. So the the lock on the gate uh, isn't it, it? You have to now like force it to to lock. So Storm Debbie can fucking do one. But aside from that, the chickens are absolutely fine, laying way more eggs than we can ever get through. I think we've got fifty eggs in the kitchen right now. Bloody! I hell. gave some eggs to my window cleaner the other day. Hang on, um, you've got a window cleaner for the mansion. For the estate, well, it deserves the eggs. It deserves the eggs. He has to come around with a power washer to reach the the attic. (laughs) Yeah, that's how bad it's getting. A window cleaner who who I get the the help to to deal with actually gave the guy some eggs. (laughs) Why, bloody hell! Uh, Well, I'm glad they're okay though, considering there's a big storm. They love it. The the chickens absolutely love it. Now, if 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 that was you or me, and it, it was cold and wet and rainy outside. You'd stay indoors, wouldn't you? The chickens, oh no, they're out like having mud farts. They 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 they're mental, absolutely mental. But brilliant. They they're happy. So well, oh, that's the main thing. As long as their little beaks are smiling, the chickens smile. They don't, do they? Really? <laughs> well, they don't really have mouths. It's a beak. Mm, that's true. So all their emotions come through their eyes, and they're also quite dipper. They don't really. They only think about food and food eggs and that's it well no they don't even think about the eggs they just have their little egg song when they're laying and then they piss off okay. they don't even come back and check <laughs> fair enough oh <laughs> uh, magsy shall we dive in then i guess unless there's something else you want to do first 
I suppose the next thing for us to do is the non-wrestling topic because, you know, no, actually, we've got the new segment, haven't we? We have. Are we have doing I that first? The, have I just seen if I've uploaded the video? Yes, I have. Here we okay. go. actually looks like five of my chickens <laughs> it's just so stupid and random it fits this show perfectly yes as opposed to the horde of lame which has ran now for course street must be over well over a year now isn't it yeah um we we have been scraping the barrel of ridiculous things in wrestling recently mm. so we thought we might look at some of the positive things about wrestling some of the things of wrestling that make us smile Mm. yeah exactly we have the chain wrestling hall of fame so we will be uh, uh well anything applies maxi doesn't it match types yep. um wrestlers themselves gimmicks uh, uh, angles segments interviews anything in wrestling that makes us happy to be wrestling fans exactly exactly and, and obviously if people want to put forward um, nominations for the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame via Twitter or in the chat or whatever for a future episode. By all means, shout them out. Me and Mags will look them through and probably decide to do our own thing anyway. But, you know, the thought's nice. So um... <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of sounds like give Sar the, 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 the things that he wants to put in the Hall of, of, of Fame so he doesn't have to look it up himself. Oh, mate, for this, I've got fucking loads. Yeah, I, I've same. got like weeks of content, <laughs> at least three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> three things that have been brilliant in wrestling. Uh, okay. So, Magsy, as always, do you want to go first? Um, yep. And I thought I'd start the 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 Hall of Fame off with a bang. Um, I'm putting forward arguably the best pay per view that. WWF has ever produced certainly one of the biggest um, certainly one of the biggest outside of North America I'm putting forward the 1992 SummerSlam um, this event was it was just monumental for wrestling in, in, in Britain the, the fact that it has arguably the best SummerSlam match and certainly the best intercontinental title match we've had yeah with uh, Bret Hart and, and David Boy Smith. The the image of uh seven what eighty thousand people in Wembley Stadium, uh the Road Warriors riding down to the ring on motorbikes. This event was just cool as fuck. Um mm-hmm. so yeah this week I'm definitely putting forward the nineteen ninety two SummerSlam. Yeah, definitely. There's something about non- Rumble events. I mean, the Rumble's okay as well with it, but there's something about big, big pay-per-views like Mania or SummerSlam or something like that having a really long walkway that I like. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. the entrances seem more grand and so on. And like you said about the, the Legion doing on the bikes, the Warrior running down to the ring or the flash bulbs all going off. Uh, Lennox fucking Lewis for crying out loud, walking the Bulldog down and so on. Yeah. You know, so many great moments, great visuals, and it's 30-odd years ago now. And it still stands out so strongly, doesn't it? So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those pay per views that, as a, a a British WWE fan, that you you watch this once a year. It's it's kind of like the law, in it. You've got to mm. watch this because it's just so monumental, and, and it's 
it still stands out as the biggest event uh, that WWE put on outside of, of North America. And it's also, I think, the second biggest um, confirmed uh, attendance with 80,000, and it's rumoured to be bigger than the the, the bullshitted uh, WrestleMania 3 attendance, which was meant to be, like, what, 90-odd thousand? 93,000 for WrestleMania 3. And, yeah, and, and apparently it was, it was about 78. So the fact yeah. that it, it technically outdrew... Yeah. the biggest WrestleMania up to that that time. It's just, yeah, phenomenal. A phenomenal, phenomenal event. And yeah. well worthy to be the first entrant. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, you might be worried as well, Magsy, to be honest. Because when you said, I would like to put in, first of all, I'd like to induct into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame, first of all, the 1992, I went, oh, no. Don't then say it right on Rumble. Exactly. Then you said SummerSlam, and I was like, whew. Thank God for that, because my first induction into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame is the first match me and you both gave a 10 out of 10 for on this show. And that was my decision straight from the off. I was going to go down the list, find the first match that we did that for. I didn't think it was this well. I thought it was um, Sean versus Flair at WrestleMania was the first match we both gave a 10 to. That's not correct. I gave that a 9.5. You gave that a 10. You're a twat. Yeah, I look back now and I think, what was wrong with me? I should have yeah. given that a 10. You should have. Um, so the first match we both gave 10 out of 10 for is the 1992 Royal Rumble match. So of all the things, uh, all the cool things that have happened in wrestling, all the awesome things that's happened in wrestling, yep. the first two entrants that we put forward both happened in 1992. Yeah, and it weren't a great year. They were literally the two, the only two good things that happened in that year for WWF. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. One, yeah. no, Brett Piper at WrestleMania 8 was good. Yeah, I suppose, but in and terms right of when you, events. Oh, you're right when you say WWF as well, because WCW in 92, there's some really good wrestling Yeah, They were doing really good, yeah, it was amazing. No, they weren't. They, Harry, they weren't. They Harry were Wyndham was the NWA World Champion. Well, no, he was not in 92. No, actually, was he? No, he wasn't. It was <laughs> no, I mean, the, the in-ring product in WSW was pretty decent, but they were doing shite. They couldn't sell tickets for love nor money. But anyway, the 1992 Raw Rumble, still, in my opinion, the greatest Raw Rumble we have. And here comes video footage of the stalker behind me for crying out loud. I, I might just change it now and say my entrance into the Hall of Fame is a tall, fantastic performer from Sweetwater, Texas, um, the stalker. No. <laughs> The 1992 Royal Rumble, Ric Flair's performance alone should have mm -hmm. that inducted on any yeah. kind of you know, good performance scale that you put forward. Bobby Heenan on commentary, Flair's promo afterwards. The way that this is like just star-studded, 1992. Everyone who was everyone was in this match. Absolutely incredible. And I still think the best Rumble of all time, I think. I mean, 97's great. 2001's great. But this is always in the it was in the argument, and you think back that it's also the first rumble that really meant something as well, with the title being on the line. Because it wasn't until the year after that the title shot at Mania was on the line. Before this, it was just a case of let's get Hogan over, you know. Yeah. So this is a, a fantastic event, and it's again one of those things that I go back and watch at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, an absolute amazing performance by Ric Flair, like you, like you said, and it kind of. It 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 led the path for having essentially WrestleMania Iron Man. Um, yeah, Flair basically just just 
lasting so long and now every year we get a person who lasts a long time and a lot of that is because of the impact Ric Flair had and yeah it's mm. a it's a it's a damn near perfect Royal Rumble yeah it damn is near perfect so it's a great pick thank you very much with a tear in my eye Maxi uh, so shall we have a quick scan through the chat and see what people think of the first ever induction ceremony to the chain wrestling hall of fame and then get on with our non-wrestling topic because i fancy reading a few things that are going to make us giggle uh, well i don't think the burnley ones will make you giggle make you probably recoil in horror but let's okay. go for it. so dan <laughs> says this is what i love about the show so slick and professional exactly i mean yeah. you would complain if we were professional if we were cookie cutter if we didn't have character you complain so that's why is he being sarcastic then? What was wrong with that video? I thought that was a fantastic intro. It, it was. I mean, every part of this show is fantastic. <laughs> if I were to rate podcasts, I'd give this podcast a 10 out of 10. We should put ourselves in the... Why didn't we do that? Why didn't I put you and you put me in in the first week? Because I would not put you in. You prick. <laughs> <laughs> Dan then says there was a big cock on the screen just then. Well, sorry, sorry, I was just trying to adjust my pants whilst the the video was on. I'm, I'm sorry you caught that. Um, King Pigs Badders wants in Barry Horowitz. So, fun fact about Barry Horowitz. So, if you have seen the vid- the the graphic for the for the YouTube um, video, uh, uh, King Pigs Badders provided me with an amazing graphic of uh, of Triple H and uh, Cactus Jack, but with the the heads removed so I could replace them with me and Sarah. But I was very, very tempted to put the the best barrier and the worst barrier on these um, by putting on uh, the stalker Barry Windham and Barry Horowitz. But I thought better of it. I thought I don't want to upset Sarah too much. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a fun point about Barry Horowitz today. Can we can we just stop referring to Windham as the stalker, please? He did so I mean, much it's, more it's, it's what he's known for. It's not what he's... Uh, uh, all right. Right. Yes, he may have been in the NWA and uh, WCW, but he was he was wrestling in front of 12 old biddies. His one shot at the big time... Well, he was a, a blackjack, and he yeah, was the was stalker. Mm. So his two shots at the big time were incredibly ridiculous. And Stone Cold Steve Austin said it best. Why is he wearing camouflage? We all know it's it's uh, it's uh, Barry Windham with a mustache. <laughs> okay. 12 people at the NWA is ridiculous, by the way. Come on, this man. guy wrestled all over the US. In front of, of OAPs. Oh, fucking he ruined hell. That, the NWA uh, events were like the interlude to bingo now. You're a fucking jackass. You really are. <laughs> the show's only two hours long, Maxie. I can't get into this for you. This is going to have to be a bonus episode of some sort, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so moving on. Connor says, I think I speak for the people of the CWF. We will not accept this new segment as a Ooh. replacement for Hall of Lame. The Hall of Lame is a stable and of chair wrestling and should not be replaced. Ooh. It's not being replaced. This is just, just to change it up a little bit like yeah. we did with mags and sar uh, we realized we didn't know fuck all about wrestling so <laughs> we kind of put that on the back burner yeah it's just a bit of variety change up every week um yes. 
And then Connor says, that was a joke. I like new things. Don't take it out. Well, we have, Connor. So you've really, really upset us. uh, And now I hope Columbus Crew and Arsenal both get relegated. So... (laughs) And yeah, Columbus crew can't get relegated, can they? Because the Americans can't. Because it's American. It's American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan Griffin and all the th- all three of SARS are Barry Windham. Yeah, just I've never known a man like a a, a, a subpar wrestler as much as as Barry Windham. Um, Connor says, "Was SummerSlam 1992 old Wembley or new Wembley? Very, very, very old Twin yeah, very Towers old. Wembley." Um, King Pigsbell says, piss. <laughs> and that's only because Syed pissed his pants whilst going to Wembley. No, I, I hadn't been there by '92, but when I went there in '95, yeah, I went to a couple of England games in the build up to Euro '96, so I imagine that would have been '95, wouldn't it? It just reeked of piss everywhere, it was fucking yeah, gross. Because who goes to the toilets at Wembley? You just lob out the, the Johnson and go where you stand. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, King Pig Banner says 1992 was his first WWE event uh, he attended and still the best. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Connor says the 94 Royal Rumble, the 1994 94. Royal Rumble is the greatest of all of the Rumbles. No debate. 94. That's the one Who where Brett Luger drew. Oh, man. It's, it's gash. I mean, the ending is interesting, but the story no, with Brett is good. But yeah, the Rumble itself's not not brilliant. Yeah, that's a bad take there, Connor. Um, James says 1992 was a huge year. WF was uh, massive in the UK. You couldn't move in the Jolly Giant and Woolworths without tripping over some WF merch. Yeah, I think it was about that time that I had the the wrestling buddies. Um, if you remember, yes. the, the, that little tennis that I, there was a warrior one a Hogan one, a Savage one, and you just, you'd wrestle them on your bed. Mm. Like, absolute yep. children. Um, and King Big, King's Pig Brothers confirms that it was, yes, the old Wembley Connor. Uh, so, yeah, that's the chat all caught up with. Indeed. Indeed it is. So, our non-wrestling topic, Magsy, this is going to make me laugh. I know it is, because we've got such nonsense coming from these people, and yeah, I love them for brilliant. it. It's brilliant. <laughs> NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. So then, so then, so then. Uh, You may remember last week we had a little news (laughs) report from Gloucestershire Live. And in true Gloucestershire live fashion, they reported on something that wasn't actually from Gloucestershire. And they reported on a, a crime spree that was you know, shocking and terrifying a certain time in Somerset. Uh, the Somerset gimp was arrested and given a five-year gimping ban, I suppose you might word it. He's not allowed to wear a mask and all this sort at of nonsense. Nah, only at nah, though. Yeah, oh, in the days, in the days, so he can crack on. Now, when we were looking for a possible non-wrestling topic for this week's show, the idea of getting local news from all of you wonderful people who listen in the CWF from, you know, the crazy, the weird, especially when people live out in these little villages or whatever, that just the obscure and the daft that'll make people laugh who don't come from the areas you're in kind of was in my head anyway. 
And then this news report came up on Gloucestershire Live to solidify mm-hmm. what I thought we should do. And I sent it to Magsy, and he found it just as funny as me. So we went with this for our non-wrestling topic. And I read to you from, again, Gloucestershire Live, which is covering Somerset for some fucking reason. Headline reads, Victims of the Somerset Gimp fear the real one may still be on the prowl. Uh, there's reference to two ladies in this who were um, harassed by the Somerset Gimp. So gimped. I mean, they were gimped. They, they were gimped, yes, and and they do, you know, they do interview here. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite a long article. And um, these ladies will refer to as uh, Sam and Chloe because that's their names. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give you the surnames though, just to be on the safe side. Two women subjected to a nightmare at the hands of the Somerset Gimp. The Somerset Gimp. <laughs> Say they are still haunted by the ordeal and there could be more like him on the streets. They were driving down a country lane in May near North Somerset after finishing work and they were confronted by Joshua Hunt, who was the guy who was charged with the crimes last week, in the middle of the road. Uh, Sam from Weston, who was driving at the time, said it was like a nightmare. He had a face drawn on his Gimp mask in a luminous pen. I don't know if you can make this out very clearly. Wow! But- why why put the the mask on then if you well, this, I think they've it. got this wrong. I think they've got this wrong. I think this is one of those Halloween masks that when you press the button, the face lights up. Can you see? We we can very slightly. I know which ones you mean though, the, the yeah. LED style ones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um let me just skip through to the bit I wanted to cover mainly. Um we could all see this was a man in a gimp suit. So their powers of observation is, you know, obviously very strong in Somerset. Uh, in the middle of the road with a terrifying smile. Behind us was just a black country lane. So I, mean, I suppose in a way it's midnight. It's, it's a country lane. And there's this guy. That, that would be quite terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, of course it would. But what gets me is Joshua Hunt, 32, was found guilty of public mm-hmm. order offences last month, confirmed in court that he was the masked man who had frightened passing drivers in North Somerset on two nights in May, but claimed the outfit I wear is not anything to do with the gimp. Of course not, Joshua. Police have said now there could be copycats. And Chloe and Sam say that the picture of the Somerset gimp is not the gimp that scared them. The wow. picture of the Somerset gimp has a different body shape. And they believe that the real Somerset gimp is still out there. Which is terrifying for all involved, obviously. So again, I, just, just the whole fact, apart from the gimp, yeah, because he's having a wonderful time. So with that, again, I thought, what other silly local news stories could people give us? And we had quite a response, Mr. Mags, didn't we? We did. Uh, but before we go on to them, um, in the chat that we had about this gimp, um, yes. we we tend to go off on tangents and, and create our own scenarios. Um, and we were talking about there being a gang of, of gimps. A, a gimp gang, so to speak. A gimp gang, yeah. And <laughs> you you outed one of the, the CWF alumni as being a potential um, gimp, didn't you? Did I? Yes, because you did a bit of role playing, uh, almost like a, a... I didn't do any role play. Hang on, slow down a little no, bit no, there. Okay. That's you the wrong wrote, term you, in this context. You, you wrote a script... <laughs> Uh, with okay. yes. assigning names to these potential gimps. 
And one of the names that you assigned them was Graham. Poor MGB Graham. No wonder he moved to America to get away from these <laughs> accusations. I think he may be the OG he was driven out of the country to to go and gimp his way across the USA. <laughs> like a gimping tour of the States. <laughs> but this is for his gimp where he flashes mm. for the big rubber suit. Yes. I feel, considering we're only 35 minutes into the show, we've overused the word gimp already. I'm a little concerned about that. But um, <laughs> we should get on. Uh, first of all, first of all, we have Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. And Maxi, I'll do my best to read them out in the order they arrived into us. Um, <laughs> Dan says, and I love this: a big duck who lived on the University of York campus called Long Boy. <laughs> this is an when amazing the- story. <laughs> went viral because he's fucking massive when he died students and locals raised five and a half grand for a statue to be made of him i love that that's amazing that's an absolutely amazing story yeah Yeah. r.i.p long boy i bet he tasted delicious as well why have you always got to go there why is that always your go-to stuff like this what my go-to is i bet someone's ex tastes delicious no, like whenever we mention the chickens and everyone gets a bit, oh, those little chickens. And you're like, yeah, so I ate their fucking babies. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's not lies. Uh, but yeah, what a, what, a, what a cool story, though. Yeah, it's great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bellis, at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. He says, well, my beautiful hull is the city that made the news in the early 2000s where a bloke was filmed by British Rail CCTV shagging a goat. I mean, that is also Yorkshire, much like um, York. So it just shows the two the, the two ends of the spectrum for Yorkshire. One, absolutely um, adoring uh, nature and, and building a statue for a, a, a duck that sadly passed away. And another, just a few miles up the road, where a bloke shagged a goat. It's it's just the dichotomy of Yorkshire. The wrongans. Yeah. I mean, you want to speak about um, a certain area having a stereotype or being a certain way. I think what we received from um, the Photoshop wizard himself, King Pigsbatters, kind of explains a little bit about his local area of Nottingham and what seems to be the go-to with people who live there. And it seems to be not wearing many clothes, Mags. Oh, they love getting the the old meat and two veg out. Yes. We will begin here with the first one Pig Spider sent us from the Scythe Coast Today page. And it reads, Nottingham, England. A pair of naked men started fires in an apartment as part of a pagan ritual to drive away negative vibes. Brilliant. (laughs) Um, the article itself goes into detail about how somebody tried to break in to the apartment to rescue one of the naked guys not realizing there was another naked guy in there which took him by surprise and they were burning all their clothes yeah um and without one of the guys his name is aftab mughal who was uh burning all his clothes because he had negative vibes in his house 
Again, Nottingham, full of wrong guns. Yeah, we've got a few more as well. A few <laughs> more. Uh, this one is from Nottinghamshire Live. And they say, let me see what one we've got first. Residents, I mean, so, so the locals are sticking up for these people now. Residents say, <laughs> residents say, men spotted naked have been doing it for years. They should be allowed to just get on with it. Just I don't understand how on, that's a new Crack story. on yeah. with, with your tackle out whilst you nip to Tesco and pick up your bread and your milk. Yeah, if, they, if they're not doing... I mean, they, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. There's no real justifying just rocking around bollock naked. But mm. apparently the police said the men are not breaking the law by walking around in the birthday suit. So no, they, they must be. That's like indecent exposure or whatever, isn't it? Maybe they've got a fig leaf. Right. And that's all right. Not then, in their hand. I mean, just covering. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, no. I get what I get. What you meant. Yeah, not like walking around with a bit of shrubbery in their hand. Or something. <laughs> I, I get that. You know, <laughs> but I, I still don't think you can walk around town like that, can you? But if you've been doing it for years, apparently you should be just allowed to get on with it. Well, well, there we go. Uh, the third we have from Nottingham. This time from West Bridgeford Wire. Um, arrest after man. Seen fully naked in the street in Nottingham. It's definitely well, a theme, isn't it? That seems very hypocritical by the, the police in Nottingham then because just the last story, they said they're not breaking any laws and they should just be allowed to get on with it. So this guy is, is following his his fellow town members in in getting the old nutsack out and he's getting into trouble for it. That's not fair, I don't believe. Uh, I think it should be one rule for everybody. Uh, Pigs Bugger's in the chat there says they're actually naturists walking their dog around a park. Yeah. He I'm, knows because he is one of them. That's it. He was the dog. That's <laughs> it's the only reason Pigs Bugger's owns a dog so he can walk around the local park with his in arse out. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, Connor at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. He says, not many positive stories from my hometown, Columbus, but here's one from King's Island Amusement Park in Cincinnati. Uh, where did I get to? a picture up. Yeah, where did I get to? He says at the bottom, forgot you can't see headlines in Twitter oh, yes. anymore because Elon Musk is an absolute bellend. Um, so here's the article uh, headline, King's Island showcasing more than 7 million holiday lights versus, uh, during Winterfest. And that, I mean, you have... Access denied, apparently. I can't even look it up. So that's fun. Uh, that looks yeah. good, though. That looks good, though. You can't even, like, I can't um, blow it up. It. So you can, yeah, I can't enlarge it. Um, yeah. But it does look absolutely amazing. It does look the business. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Connor continues. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. becomes first Ohio State wide receiver with two 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Those are just words to me. I don't understand. Words and numbers. Yes. But that that sounds like an achievement. Sounds like he's 135 years old, but never played football uh, in the football league. You're such a snidey little bitch when you're poorly, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also when I'm not poorly. Well, yeah, fair point. 
Uh, we did have another one from Connor, but it came very late on, so I screenshotted that to read a bit later. Uh, because next up came our good friend Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. Uh, Danny, I hope you are doing well. You know, reach out when you get the chance, mate. Hope everything settles down for you soon, and we can get Nitro Nights back on the road, pal. Because I really miss doing that show. Um, Danny says, "My area is the home of UK cannibal." <laughs> Fuck's really? sake. Just that first really? line is just uh. coming area... from Danny, the the local stabber. Mm. Uh, my area is the home of UK cannibal Peter Bryan. He actually lives about twenty five minutes away in a low security hospital. That One day sounds he... very worrying. It does. One day he will walk the streets again <laughs> looking for flesh, Danny says. <laughs> and we've got a picture here as well. Um, cannibal killer let out by bunglers is the headline. Brilliant. Oh, my word. British justice at its finest. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, we do have next up the one from Connor, actually. Uh, it says here, Columbus crew win in a wild game in Columbus 4-2 versus Atlanta United to advance to the Eastern Conference semi-finals. Okay. Fair Yay, play. Columbus crew. <laughs> oh, he loves his soccer. Um, I don't think I've got many more actually saved on my phone, Magsy, because I had a few issues this week. Have I missed any out? Yep. So UTT Rob, uh, he said, Royce and Verde, the, the town... Uh, uh, that is in, I think it's the League of Gentlemen. That's uh, right. He's actually, he's actually based on uh, West Breton in Wakefield, and Wakefield is a local city for local people and rhubarb. Yeah, fucking rhubarb. Yeah. Dirty. Rhubarb. Love a bit of rhubarb, um, mate. Oh, hello. Who's this coming in now? Come on then. Is this a brew? No, it's, it's not big a brew, Bob. actually. It's Big Bob. Yes, he's back, back to where he belongs. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Liv. You Never steal him again. No. <laughs> and you, oh. you put up a, a, a gif of uh, of Papa Lazaru, who is one of the best comedy characters. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to buy any pegs? She's my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there any others there, Magsy? Or shall we dive into any details that we've got of stuff? Um, Rob says, after the talons of Wen Chiang comment on the Dot Who pod, you are giving Fitch a run for his money today. I've got no idea what I said. I can't remember. That well, was recorded say, over a week ago. You did say, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed yeah, my mind. Yeah, because he says, I'm, challenge- I'm, I'm challenging Fitch, and there's the, the, there's the talons of Wen Chiang is very famously quite a racist Doctor Who story. There's... <laughs> It's from the 70s. There's a white actor who is playing an Asian character with tape securing his so, eyes in certain positions. So, yeah. And then also you you put a gif up of a, a guy essentially blacking up. I mean, I don't think the character is meant to be a black character, typically. But no. He, I didn't think it through, mate. Shock. That was not my intent. That was not That's my shock. intent. <laughs> so there we go we're getting cancelled wouldn't it be ironic if that was what we got cancelled for a genuine error rather than some of the things i've said purposely on this I show mean, <laughs> the league of gentlemen has cancelled many a person to be fair well yes indeed um you mentioned about some stories from burnley magsy what have you got yeah i mean there were some quite funny stories that are really uh entertaining i love the fact that nottingham is full of flashes um burnley it's not so not so good. So 
today, this very day, um, a school in Burnley was evacuated and uh, the bomb squad were involved because of a suspicious package. That's fun, isn't it, obviously? Um, <laughs> there was a, um, a a gang sentenced to, to prison. Um, I think it was... I think it was Friday. Uh, they got almost a hundred years between them, uh, and there were a, an organised crime gang that went round taxing um, cannabis growers. So basically, robbing people who've grown cannabis of their hard-earned money and drugs. And yeah, they got a hundred years between them. Um, what else has there been? Oh, about thirteen. Councillors from Burnley have, have all resigned because of uh, the la- uh, Labour leader Keir Starmer's uh, take on whether Israel and Gaza should have a ceasefire. So that's right. fun. Yeah, uh, no particularly funny stories happen in Burnley. It's usually pretty, pretty grim. Oh, man. Speaking of grim, Dan Griffin has just sent me another one to read out. Mm. It involves nakedness again. Amazing. Of course it does. Of course it does. And this is from the the Yorkshire Press, I think it is. Um, a couple of years back is the date on the story. But anyway, uh, the headline reads, Police hunt fat naked man who masturbated in front of a student in York. Oh, I, I didn't realise I'd been caught. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Should have took the fig leaf, you'd have been fine. Um, I mean, man has needs. Well, this is it. Um, The incident occurred at 1.15 on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Because you don't want to go late night with your naked wanking, do you? No. You need need sunlight. You can't go out not wanking. Come Sunday night, come Sunday night, especially when come Sunday night, especially when the you know the evenings are drawing in like this. You want to be a little, you know, a little bit more clothing on you, sat watching the Antiques Roadshow, just chilling out, don't you? Yeah, Yeah, you want to get your your wanking done. You want to get your fire off your knuckle children before that Sunday afternoon football. Get it out of way. Inquiries are ongoing to locate the man, including a trawl of CCTV covering the area. I imagine he's going to be pretty easy to spot on the CCTV. He'll be the one in the buff. So, you with know, his cock out. With his knob out, yeah. Um, he is described as white, with a very pale complexion, between 35 and 45 years, around 5 foot 10, with a fat... Jesus Christ, he's describing me. Around and 5 me. foot 10, with a fat build. I'm, I'm taller than 5 he, foot 10. He definitely lives in Gloucester, I believe. I've heard that he lives in Gloucester. He's also got a big beard, and he's... Black cheese. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> this gets even better. <laughs> this is part of the genuine police description. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, he is around five foot ten with fat build. He has very little chest or pubic hair. No obvious tattoos. Shit. No obvious tattoos or scars. And he has what was described as a small penis with testicles <laughs> that hang noticeably low. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's me out. Because <laughs> your small penis is fine, but your testicles are quite high. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in his. My testicles have gone right back in. They're in his. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, I have something here, again, from Gloucestershire Live, just to round out what we were talking about. And amazingly, Magsy, it involves nudity again. What is going on in the UK? This in this insane. weather, it's bloody freezing. 
No wonder he had a small penis. Yeah, there you go. Um, this reads, and you know, and if this person had a similar issue with the size of their manhood, you couldn't blame the um, the temperature because they were indoors. Because the headline on Gloucestershire Live reads, and it's possibly one of the greatest headlines of all time: "Nudist asked to leave Weatherspoon after bending over for a poppadom." Um, <laughs> Max is dying. You okay there, mate? Jesus wept. Uh, I'll read a little bit to you. A nudist has slammed Weatherspoons for trying to bar him out of his local for accidentally exposing his bum in front of a young customer when he bent over for a poppadom. Richard Collins says he usually goes around naked, but had donned a sweatshirt, a hoodie, and a short suede skirt, because obviously why wouldn't he, and no underwear on when he went for his dinner at his local Weatherspoons. So he's wearing a sweatshirt and a hoodie. That seems excessive amount of clothing on this top half. The top and yeah, three at the bottom. Yeah, and a small skirt, a small, a short suede skirt with no underwear. And what was it? What was his name? Richard Collins. For a pop, uh, and he bent over for a poppadom. Well, I'm getting to this. I'm getting to this after order because apparently, according to Mister Collins, the incident was not his fault. After ordering a chicken tikka curry at the bar, the 67 year old says he noticed a poppadom on his seat. Bending over to flick the poppadom off his seat, the 67-year-old claimed he did not know a mother and her teenage daughter were sitting behind him. Bending over to flick the... Was he, like, seven foot tall, or was the the seat like a a child's seat? I don't know. They don't go into that many details, Max, surprisingly. (laughs) Bending over enough to show your chocolate starfish to the people sat next to you. To flick yeah. a poppadom. It's not first of all. Why is he wearing a skirt with no underwear? That's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. Why is he? Why is he poppadom on the seat? Why is he bending over to flick that poppadom? Not even pick the poppadom up or or get one of the staff to come and clean it up. Flicking it, so he was going to flick it. I'm assuming on the floor. I guess so, mate. And then he's still got his so. cock and balls out. That's ridiculous. Uh, he says here. Richard, who says he has been visiting this bar for up to four times a week in the last 10 years. Which, blames, and he also said he usually rocks around naked, so he must have been yeah. in that pub in the buff before. All right. Uh, Richard says he blames the mother and daughter for looking up his <laughs> skirt. <laughs> wow. That is that is victim blaming at the Oh, my word. You should uh, not have looked at a bloke's arse cock and balls dangling in front of your face when he was just bending over to flick a poppadom off the seat a, a normal everyday occurrence ridiculous you should be able to flick a poppadom about people eyeballing you yeah especially when you're wearing a swear skirt and your you cock and balls out yeah exactly um he says here they shouldn't have looked up his skirt they should avert their eyes if they don't like the sight, because obviously it's their fault. How isn't would it? they know to avert their eyes if they didn't see something worth averting? There we go. Um, and and it's, surely it's... he should have had the the presence to realise people were behind him when he was bending over. So maybe bend at the knees or turn <laughs> to the other side. <laughs> but no, flash the old chocolate starfish at him. That's the best way. Uh... Richard, the founder of Naturists UK, has been a nudist for 40 years 
and said it was ridiculous that the manager asked him to to leave for bending over with no underwear on, despite Richard claiming he was properly covered. He blamed the mum and daughter, claiming that if you and your child look up someone's skirt, then you don't... <laughs> I hope he sued him. I hope he sued him for damages. Yeah. Richard claims, if you or your child look up someone's skirt, then don't complain if you don't like what you see. Please avert your eyes. Uh, the instant I rest spurred... my case, Your Honour. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the instant has spurred Richard to campaign for naturist rights and to be formally recognised in legislation so that he and fellow nudists can walk into any pub naked and get served. No. No, no. I'm... Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean... I am I'm, I'm I am not a prude. If you if naturist is your thing, live wild and free. But not in public, man. I mean, walking to that pub naked, how many kids would he have walked past? That's the issue. I mean, we're it's all fun and games, but you are still mm-hmm. showing your genital you're still on show to to impressionable. Yeah. Absolutely kids. wrong. So, what a fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, one last point from Richard trying to defend himself here he says my skirt was not that short Um, it's short enough that he bent down (laughs) and his his arsehole was unsure that's quite sure the times I've worn a skirt Uh, and bent down usually my arse is still covered yeah exactly you've got to think about these things haven't you exactly Uh, it's only the fact I bent over. I'm not sure how far I bent over. I thought about picking the seat up and tipping the poppadom off, but it was easier to bend over and flick it away. Again, how fucking small was this seat then? Was it was this giant Gonzalez? Yeah, giant Gonzalez, who's dead, is showing his arse in a little skirt <laughs> in a Weatherspoons. That's a mental, mental story. It is. Absolutely blows my mind, mate. Blows my mind. But there we go. Thank you so, so much to everybody in the CWF uh, on Twitter and in the chat here for messaging in their stories and Dan Griffin sending me an additional one as well via WhatsApp whilst the show is on, which is always an option if people want to chuck stuff in the chat for us or message or tweet the show direct. Whilst we are live, I will try and pick it up as best I can. Magsy, should we dive through the chat and see what people say about, well, nudists, I suppose. It's it's pretty much all nudist and 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 gimping. So we start with Dan Griffin saying he, uh, that he got the world's first AGBO, so agbo, anti gimping behaviour. Yeah, but he's defied it already. Him and his gimp gang <sighs> are, are, are on the loose. Yeah. Um, Connor says it's him. Do we? It's, we don't he's know part it's of a, a an underground sect of of gimpers. Isn't I mean all gimps, gimps must know each other. It's not exactly a massive community, is it? You think, yeah. Or is it? I mean it's not, no. I don't know. You're being very suspicious that uh, I think you doff protest too much, so are you a member of the National <laughs> Gimping Society? <laughs> well, I didn't know what it was um, called until you just said it. <laughs> Connor says, Is Scottish Danny the gimp? Well, I mean, Ooh, who knows behind closed doors? Yeah. Um, Dan Griffey says, does MGB stand for Master Gimp Beta? Mm. Paul Graham got saddled with that just from you creating your scenarios. Uh, Dan then says, 
Rest in, in power, long boy. You were a fucking massive duck. Exactly. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it is. And he also says the guy who shagged a goat was the Lancashire ambassador. It would not surprise me. It's not often Whoa. we get goat in Lancashire, so you've got to do what you can when the opportunity arises. Very excited, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meh. Um, King's Pigs Badder says they were naturists walking their dog around the park, uh, and then he confirms he was the dog. Woof. Um, Dan welcomes back biggest bobbit. Uh, cheers, Liv. Yeah, he's, got, says, he's not in his usual seat though, he's behind me, so I gotta sort of do this for you to see big boblets. Eh? Oh, just put him on your lap. Like, oh, mate, I'm wired up to everything, aren't I? It's okay, just move to the side, duck under, okay. duck down. Duck down. Yes. <laughs> that's the best view of the Powell household I've ever seen um, Big Bob's ransom money has been paid and he was returned safely says Connor I bet he's not there next week I bet you live takes him back after the show maybe and, yeah uh, Connor then says never had a bomb threat whilst in school but had a shooting threat my freshman and senior year uh, school Oh, because that's just better isn't it being threatened to be shot over threatening to be bombed, uh, mm. went heavy, went on just a heavy police presence around uh, in and around the school. Ameri- American schools baffle me with the fact that you need is Bob being stolen again? No, that's Sharon coming to move Bob to his normal seat. She's watching downstairs and is obviously getting frustrated that Bob's not in his usual location. So there we go, yeah, because she's got something nice to look at when Bob's there. You prick. That rude. <laughs> You've called me that about 45 times this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, King Pig Banner says the only other Nottingham story is that the city council is about to go bankrupt. Yeah, I, I read uh, today that 30% of, of uh, English councils are, are either going bankrupt or on the verge of bankruptcy. So, you know, with regards to that, then, Max, again, you know, excuse my you know lack of knowledge and so on here. If a council goes bust, what the fuck happens? Basically, all the the public services get cut. So things like um, school buses, um, any kind of like charity um, work that they they do, um, yeah, it all it, it all goes away. You bet you'll get essentially the 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 very minimum of public services. Well, yeah. It does kind of sound like living in Gloucester anyway, then. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think yeah. Birmingham went bankrupt or declared bankruptcy not that long ago. Yes, um, I remember that. It, it's, it's, it's Tory cuts, as simple as that. Trying to stretch the budgets so thin that, that public services get ruined. So hopefully they'll be out soon. Anyway, not to get political. Uh, Dan Griffin said they had to issue an apology for describing the wanker as fat and small penis. Amazing. So the apology said he was of of above average build and had a a less than average penis, I would assume. Or did they just say he was a very, he was a hunk and he had a massive wang. How, How would you word that as an apology? To somebody We're sorry for calling that fat bastard uh, who had a <laughs> yeah. wanking in the town centre with his macro penis. Yeah, it's like. I don't know. Uh, see if you can find it, Dan, so we can find the wording for the apology because that, that that sounds interesting. And then King Pigsbad has outed the the Ooh. potential criminal 
it's Fitch. I mean, it oh, would not wow. surprise me. Would not surprise me at all. Dan uh, says, did Richard, were they offered a pop of them to bend over or did they bend over as a fret for a pop of them? If, if I only get one pop of them with my career, I am showing you my <laughs> shit box. <laughs> oh, what uh, are we doing? Says, this is a wrestling podcast, believe it or not. Dan then says, oh, God, he was flicking his own half crust off the seat. I think he's sat on this pop of them. And some poppadom shards have tickled his his body, so that, maybe that's why he was flicking it or bending over to flicking off like some poppadom. Some poppadom shards have tickled his body. Yeah, that's it sounds a collection of words I never. That's a collection of words I never in my whole life thought would ever go together. But yet here we are. Yeah. And we hopefully we'll never have to hear him again. <laughs> Connor says the nudity stories just get worse and worse. Uh, James says, do you remember the story about the bloke threatening to sue Greg's after burning his todger on the statement? <laughs> I remember that. That was a daily sports story, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, Dan Griffin then says, uh, some rules looking, um, same rules looking at an um, old man's arse as an eclipse. Don't look directly into it or else you'll suffer the damage. Wow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but with the eclipse, you'll suffer our damage. Looking into an old man's arse, you suffer emotional and mental damage, I think. Yeah. Uh, Connor says, What I want to know is how these people have not been found at the very least. They've got to be found first, Connor. They're masters of disguise, head well, to yeah, toe. I mean, I mean, how do you disguise yourself being bollock naked, showing your arsehole to uh, someone when you're flicking out a poppadom? Well, this is it. This is exactly. it. I've had I've had the message from Dan Griffin with regards to the apology. Um, a revised appeal, removed detail, descript, detailed description of the man's sexual organs, it says. Officers in York are investigating a disturbing incident in which an overweight naked man performed a sex act on himself. So no mention of size whatsoever. Of the penis, but they still called him fat. Well, yeah, I suppose. No, they haven't called him fat. They called him overweight. In the original one, they literally said fat dude as a wanker. wanker, yeah. Yeah. The Matt Attack, hello, sir. How are you? He's uh, just rocking up because he's... Just got out of the bang bang bathtub. Well, that's what? a that's that's a, a did you get the tap in? Mm, I bet that's snug in there, him and Andy. That, and that's a bathtub that I shall be in tomorrow because I'll be recording one of his Christmas crackers with him tomorrow. Lovely, exactly. Um, recovering the in the Survivor Series 2001 match for all of the marbles. The oh, uh, we've done that on his, we've done that on this show. We have done eight it. and a half out of ten. We gave it, Magsy, both of us, and it. I mean, I could just use the same notes to go over that. And man, I have to watch the match again. So win win. Well, you essentially, just send him a link to this episode and say, edit it how you want, mate. Yeah, just keep you know? <laughs> my words in and you just you just jump in when Sar's talking. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Matt says, we don't kink shame here on SDJP World Media. I mean, there's levels though, Matt. If, if you go back on the on mm. the replay, you'll you'll discover we've talked about GIMPs. We've talked about your fellow um, podcast host being a potential gimp. Um, we've talked about everybody in Nottingham having their cock and balls out. Uh, <laughs> oh, a, guy having, a guy having a wank in Yorkshire. Uh, a dead duck. 
also in Yorkshire, a gas checking a goat in Yorkshire. Let's not forget that. And then a bloke who uh, had his arse and bollocks out flicking a pop at him off a chair. So, see when when you we list do them all, him. when you list them all back to back like that, it makes me realise how horrific this last hour of audio has actually been. Yes, and this was your idea. You thought, oh, we'll get some funny, uh, yeah, light-hearted stories, and all it was was men with their cocks out. Yeah, it, the first one. But a big fucking massive duck. I thought, signed. This is exactly the sort of thing I want. We started off like really good and then he yeah. dived yeah. off a cliff. All because oh, of Chris Bellis and his shut goat shagger. That's what started <laughs> the ball rolling. Um, <laughs> Dan, Dan Griffin says the fact that Sar believed that there is a Lancashire ambassador has made my day. I mean, everyone I should have a Lancashire ambassador. I mean, shock, shock horror. Um, <laughs> Matt says, what the hell have I missed? I've literally just explained the first hour and seven minutes to you. We've talked about ducks, goats, poppadoms, um, suede skirts. That was mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that was fun. Wearing a hoodie and a jumper. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah, Dan, listen back on the audio version later in the week or, or something. You'll, you'll catch up to what's gone on. We're not kink-shaming at all. I mean, each to their own in the privacy of their own home where they don't upset other people, especially on curry night in a Weatherspoons. Trust me, listen yeah. back and you'll know what we're on about. Exactly, exactly. Dan Griffin says, he spanked a gimp at a wrestling show once. I don't believe that that was at a wrestling <sighs> show, Dan. I think you're just trying to link it because it's a wrestling podcast. I think you just meant you spanked a gimp. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly in Somerset. Uh, <laughs> and then to, to finish this off, we've got Jesus Christ on multiple backs. Yes, all these people oh, yeah. need Jesus. They definitely, definitely need Jesus. They need bloody something. But there we go. Thank you so, so much to everybody in the chat for giving us your feedback on what we're discussing. Let's move on, shall we? Yes, finally, let's get to something actually good. Uh, let's get That's right. It's time to discuss our wrestling match. And you can tell on the live video because I've got my trusty notebook and pen out. I don't use <laughs> the laptop to type or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't use the fact that he's got a screen in front of him and he could easily uh-huh. have his notes there up on the screen. But no, he chooses to still be in the dark ages with a quill and some parchment. To be fair, it's only chain wrestling that I actually do that for now. Every other podcast I record, I make my notes on my laptop as I'm watching the TV programs or, or whatever it is I'm covering. Oh, so why be different for this show? Because at the moment, this is pretty much the only show I do that involves the WWE network. Okay. Everything out like Doctor Who and Quantum Leap and all that other stuff, they're, they're on other players that I can watch on the television in the bedroom so I can type on my laptop. Using the WWE network, I've got to watch that on my laptop at the moment so I make notes on my pen and paper. So there is a logic behind it. That makes sense. Yeah. See? So fuck off, Max. Um, <laughs> Royal Rumble 2000. Magsy won the poll once again that sat for a little while, maybe a couple of hours, at a 50-50. And it's funny how my mind works with the history of this show because when I looked at it to see how we were getting on and it was a 50-50 poll, my, my mind instantly said, fucking Dan Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> It's the whole of the, the group. They've got a snarly little 
Yeah. 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 Uh, We are looking at the WWF title match fought under street fight rules at Madison Square Garden, Royal Rumble 2000, between defending champion Triple H and challenger Mick Foley in his Cactus Jack persona. Magsy, how long has it been? since you watched this match. And I don't mean uh, only a couple of hours I watched it today and all your usual bullshit. You know what I mean? I feel it was pretty recently. And I don't know why. Um, Maybe it was when we covered um, another match from this pay-per-view. Yes. That I've probably watched through this because it's to to not... um, kind of spoil the the ending it's a bloody good match yeah it is it is it's we did go for a run didn't we of this kind of time we looked at the rumble match itself from mm-hmm. 2000 we then looked at cactus jack triple h hell in the cell which was at no way out the following month and then yeah. we looked at the main event of wrestlemania 16 which involved Mick Foley, Triple H, The Rock, The Big Show, and all the Raw Rumble escapades from the the Big Show saying he That's, won it when yeah, and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's WrestleMania two thousand. Yeah, okay. There's no, there is no WrestleMania sixteen. <sighs> for goodness' sake! But yes, anyway, we did it's go fact, for a little run. No like, WrestleMania oh, right, okay, I'm fucking so- well. It is. It's the sixteenth WrestleMania, so that would make it WrestleMania yes, sixteen. It's not. It's not labeled as WrestleMania sixteen. It's labeled as WrestleMania. 2000, just like WrestleMania 25 is labelled as WrestleMania 25th anniversary, which technically it's not. It's the 24th anniversary because you got that wrong. It's yeah, and that pisses me off till to this day. But yeah, but there we go. Never mind. (laughs) Um, I love the story going into this event Mm -hmm. of Triple H. It's the it's the McMahon Helmsley uh, regime era. They're in charge. Yeah, and they fired Mick Foley. The Rock, who is super crazy over babyface at this moment. Austin is still missing. Obviously, he's he's like with a long-term injury. The Rock is effectively your number one babyface at this point. Mm-hmm. He gathers the uh, the Monday Night Raw roster and says, we're all walking out unless you reinstate Foley. Foley wants a street fight at the Raw Rumble. Um, but then the reveal, when he comes down dressed as Mankind, after getting the shit kicked out of him by Triple H yeah. and saying I think he says uh, along the lines of uh, it's quite obvious that Mankind is is not um, going to be able to to wrestle. He's not in the right condition, but he, it's he's found a suitable replacement. Uh, and I think you know who he is and he rips off the, the mask and tears the shirt and it's Cactus Jack and Triple H genuinely looks like he shits his pants. Yeah. Yeah. It's so and, good. It's so I guess, good. I remember that happening and loving it because I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was watching Cactus Jack in WCW in the early 90s. So I was familiar yeah. with that character and how insane he was and all that sort of stuff. So that was awesome. Yeah, the entrance music, Magsy. The entrance music by Triple H. My Time, I believe the song's called. Was, your, yeah. Your thoughts on this one in comparison to the various Motorhead tracks that he uses later in his career? Um, I don't think it's a bad um, theme song. It, it certainly doesn't. Um, it's it's not on the level of his uh, of his later ones, but mm-hmm. it fitted him at, at this time because I think we've mentioned on this program and on other podcasts before of how Triple H was never really seen as 
the guy. Um, he, he was always kind of uh, in and around that town. Mixport was never given like the opportunity to be the big star. It was always like Austin, The Rock at times, Undertaker. So it fitted him, I think, because this was when he he kind of be- came into his own and yeah. showed that he was as good as the the likes of Stone Cold, as the likes of, of The Rock. And arguably there isn't a heel as as good as Triple H was in this area. He was a, a vindictive prick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the theme music absolutely fitted him saying that this is my time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I actually don't mind it. I, I do prefer the Morehead ones, obviously. Um, and evolution, that's a, a brilliant one. That's uh, but great this scene. this this one is yeah, I think it's spot on for him. I, I also think as well, this era of Triple H because it, you know he he goes from this run now the whole of 2000 he's in the main event picture title picture and so on um blows his knee out was it sort of mid to late 2001 he misses mm-hmm. the whole invasion storyline which kicked off kind of the summer of that year i guess he misses the whole of that comes yeah, back I in we, i think we've covered his comeback where he yes. gets one in the same the, building actually yeah he gets one of the biggest pops yeah uh, of that era the fans just go mental for the return of mm. Triple H. Yeah. But when he comes back, obviously he's he's much bigger in muscle mass. He wrestles mm-hmm. in a slightly different style because of his size, and he's lost a yard of pace, maybe. He's not as quick around the ring. Um, he's obviously got the injuries as well. So I, I think there's an argument to be made that this run of Triple H, his first initial run of being champion and then being in the main event picture through 2000 and the win at WrestleMania 2000 and all this sort of stuff. There's an argument there that this is probably Triple H at his peak in yeah. ring, maybe? Is is Yeah, he was definitely on fire in terms of what he was producing, not only just in ring, but his character work uh, was just absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. This, this is probably peak Triple H. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, the match begins... Uh, I love this. It's a simple little thing, Mags, but I love this because this is obviously a, a big blood feud. These guys hate each other and there's the, the, the huge rivalry there. I hate it when these kind of matches start, even even with a stipulation or not, they start with them tying up and going into wrestling moves. Mm-hmm. These guys hate each other. It should be as it is here. The bell rings. They're not trying to get grab each other in a headlock or a wrist lock or anything like that. They're trying to punch each other in the fucking mouth. That's the way it should be when there's a big rivalry at the start of a contest, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But even before we get to the, the first um, in-ring action, I think one of the, the best... Point of selling by Triple H is is the stare down just before mm. they, they start battling. Uh, Triple H is always known for for being the cerebral assassin and trying to play man games. And one of those uh, those elements is the way that he stares at his opponent in the ring. But he stares at, at Cactus Jack, and when Cactus starts talking to him, talking shit to him, Triple H looks worried and he starts kind of like losing eye contact with with Cactus and that really shows that he he feels like he might have bitten off way more than he can chew here yeah Uh, the use of Stephanie McMahon as well I think is really simple 
but really clever as well. A match like this, you don't you don't really want Stephanie hanging around on the outside, potentially being a distraction or having to find a role for her to explain why she's not interfering with this or that or the other. So Triple H sending her to the back before the match starts shows how serious this is going to be. Yeah. But then at the end of the match, when he's getting his you know, he's getting the shit kicked out of him effectively, her ignoring those instructions and coming back out and showing her concern again, just heightens how how things are going in the match, I think. It's a really simple but clever use of her yeah. leaving and then coming back. It shows just how strong their hatred for each other was and mm. how, like you said, she was so concerned that her, her husband was getting, essentially, the shit kicked out of him by, by uh, Cactus. Yeah, indeed. Um, as I mentioned, we, we begin brawling in the ring and we spill to the outside pretty quickly. Um Triple H uh, gets his head rammed into the steps and then into the ring bell. And then the ring bell is you know, nailed onto uh, Cactus Jack's head as well with some funny noises to accompany it. And we can Which straight away see how we're going to go with this, can't we? He doesn't sell it no. for long, though. Which uh, someone with the craziness of, of Cactus Jack, that actually I thought made quite a bit of sense. Mm. Uh, that this is a guy who... And and the the video package before and showed it perfectly. He's a guy who's had wrestling matches with barbed wire as the ring ropes. He's had wrestling matches uh, with millions and millions of thumbtacks and and explosives. So getting clocked with a, a ring bell that would have just angered him, uh, mm. and it, and it technically did. And it it also shows Triple H the lengths that Triple H will have to go to 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 get any chance of victory in this match. Yes, indeed. Um, Triple H gets back in the ring with a chair and uh, Cactus Jack is effectively almost goaded into coming into the ring with him. And then we mm-hmm. get the first of what ends up being pretty horrific chair shots to the head. Mm-hmm. And it's not anywhere near as bad as it was the previous year at the Rumble, but it's still yeah. pretty bad, Max, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, in 1999 he took, what, 12 unprotected chair shots. But th- it, it gets so mm. brutal in this match that, that Triple H breaks the chair of a, of a mixed face. It's Yeah, it's he clocks him clean in the face. And, yeah, CTE was obviously not a thing back then. No, no, indeed. Um, we get more fighting on the outside. Cactus Jack is backdropped, backdrops Triple H into the crowd, and then we fight through the audience, which I always like, as long as it's not overdone. But it always looks chaotic, always looks frantic, and I like the, the like the whole it, everything's out of control aspect of it. Before we fall back into that entrance way, that is so iconic for this Royal Rumble, Madison Square Garden, and this event, and, uh, yeah. facing the camera, yeah. Any time that uh, WWF uh, or WWE are in. Uh, Madison Square Gardens. I actually love this kind of camera angle where you can see the entrance. It doesn't work all the time, but I think it works well in Madison Square Gardens where they they always have really detailed entrances. I think this one is the one with the taxi hanging down and uh, pallets and piles of bricks and and bins that that play a part into the match later on. Um, yeah, I, I love this uh, this entrance where. 
Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, Triple H gets thrown into a pile of these these supposed bricks, which looked quite painful, and he, he sold that quite well. Before that, pallet comes into play, and Triple H is sent crashing onto the pallet and gets a chunk of wood just stuck into it, like almost like you know a, a vampire being staked into his calf. Mm-hmm. That must have been horrific to work on. Yeah, and you can see it bleeding from yeah. from the get go, um, and then it's it's mentioned later on in in the match, and when the camera focuses on him, it looks a pretty gruesome mess. It looks like a little chunk has been ripped out of his leg. Um, yeah, but he carried on because it clearly wasn't meant to be part of the story. It was just a, one of those accidents, and he didn't really um, sell that it was hurt. But Jesus Christ, he was that must have it must have killed him doing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, back into the ring we go, and this is where the baseball bat covered in barbed wire becomes the, oh, the weapon of choice I mean, for a little while. It, it, it's called barber, and the classic they call it a bat, but it's it's just a it's a it's hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four wrapped yes. in barbed wire. Yes, exactly. It's it's weird that they call it a bat because it's it's not a bat. Mm. But Triple H is the one that ends up using it the most to start off with, isn't he? It's the old wrestling trope. You introduce a foreign object into the match, you are getting clocked with that foreign object. Mm. How many times do you see wrestlers set up tables uh, or throw chairs into the ring and they end up the one going through the table or getting waffled? So it was Mick's own fault. He got exactly what he deserved. He should have watched wrestling beforehand. Yeah, well, there you go. He should have paid attention, shouldn't he? Should have done his research. Um, (laughs) Cactus Jack uh, gets low-blowed as well, doesn't he, by Triple H? And the the bat, well, Barbie, as you refer to as, is still getting banded around before the ref decides to confiscate this weapon. It's gone too far. This spot, I thought, was... It was really good because it, it was kind of a little bit of comedy in what is essentially a, a very, very serious match. Yes. Um, Earl Hebner hands the, the Barbie off to, uh, I think it's Hugo uh, Saninovic. Saninovich, yeah. Who, who attempts to hide it under the <laughs> under the, the Spanish announce table. Um, Cactus goes and grabs Earl and says, where's the bat? And Earl's like, I'm not telling you. I don't know. I answered it. And then he, he gets threatened to, to get laid out. And then he stooges out Hugo straight away. Hugo's like, no, I don't know where it is. You can clearly see it right by his feet. Um, so that lie falls on deaf ears. He gets clocked by uh, Cactus. And then um, Hugo's uh, partner, Carlos Cabrera, just gives him the barbie yeah. back like, don't hit me, hook him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your barbie back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we then get a ref bump as well, don't we? We do. And whilst the ref is dying, Cactus Jack is the one using the bat, and this starts Triple H bleeding yes. from the face and the head and so on. Um, Cactus Jack's in control for a little while now. He, he's beating Triple H up, and Triple H does this stumbling around, blood pouring down his chest, all disorientated thing so well. It's so it, believable to me. It skirts just on the line of... of yeah over egg in the pudding to where you would believe it. I mean, you, Triple H hadn't up to this point in his, in his career been involved in many matches that uh, was as, as brutal as this. So the fact that he's been smashed in the head with barbed wire um, and there's a point where it, um, 
uh, Cactus Jack is raking the barbed wire across his, his face uh, when he's uh, on the, on the uh, apron. So you can understand why he would be reacting in the way that he's lost a hell of a lot of blood. Uh, and that, that stuff, that blood is pouring from his yeah. face instantly. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he just skirts a line of it being unbelievable to, to, to make the selling look really, really good. Yeah, it, it, it's great work. It's great stuff. We then head towards the announce tables. Um, Cactus Jack is going for a pile driver, but ends up being backdropped. The table doesn't quite break properly, so it looks it, even more it uncomfortable. Like, it, it, it kind of breaks in half, mm. uh, and both guys look like they, they kind of felt the brunt of that because Triple H ends up like almost stumbling over uh, Cactus. Uh, yeah, that... That didn't look like a, a, a very safe spot. Mm, no, no, you're right. Um, something I noticed as well here is obviously we're right against the, the crowd rail. And it is amazing looking at the difference in times and, and how things change. There's a couple of guys sat at the front row who quickly whip out their portable little cameras and take some snapshots of what's wind, going on. Wind the yeah. film up. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, we get a pedigree attempt by Triple H, which is then turned and countered into a slingshot by Cactus Jack. And this sends Triple H flying over the top rope. So his, his belly kind of hits the top turnbuckle and his head hits the post, which yep. walls opens him up even more um, before Cactus Jack then grabs him and just gives him a bulldog and drives him face first into the barbed wire bat. I loved that exchange. Was, that was really good. It's one of those spots that you would expect in, in, in backyard wrestling or some a company like ECW, the fact that WWE have allowed this kind of spot is, yeah, it was brilliant. And it's so out of nowhere because yeah. you, you wouldn't have expected it, but props on trips for, for, for taking that. It, it literally lands face first into the barbed yeah. wire. That's brutal. Yeah. Um, Triple H hip tosses Cactus Jack here then. He, he counters um, Cactus Jack attacking him with a hip toss onto the steps on the outside. And that is painful as hell. His, his knee bent uh, to, into the angle of the steps. It just looked absolutely grim. And we all know uh, Mick Cactus is is an expert at uh, spots involving the stairs. I mean, earlier in the, the match, we get the, the running knee where he absolutely mm. he, he makes it look like he drills that person's head into the steps. Uh, he off, off, often does the hip uh, uh, thrown into into the steps, but that that one with the with his the way his knee bent it it made me cringe. Knowing the history I've had with with my knees and and the injuries I, I've had, seeing his knee going directions it really shouldn't go uh yeah that that was pretty grim mm. uh, he then also gets launched into the side of the steps just for good measure doesn't he just as an extra bump as well because why not yeah why the hell not and this then uh, disables foley long enough for, for triple h to bring out some handcuffs so straight away it's another throwback to what we've seen in previous mick foley matches mm-hmm. um he brings the steps into the ring as well, Triple H, and handcuffs Foley and basically waffles him a couple of times with the chair. It's better, as a viewer now, knowing that what happens with these unprotected chair shots that are horrific to view, this is easier to view than the previous Raw Rumble match because that is mm-hmm. difficult viewing. Yeah. But it's still not comfy viewing here, is it? 
no, it's it's. I think this is the spot where Triple H waffles in with the chair and the back, uh, the backrest of the chair comes flying off. Yes, uh, that's yes. how hard he gets waffle with it. I mean, you you can be the best, most safest wrestler in the world if a if a steel chair falls apart when it makes contact with your face. That's 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 a painful move. Definitely. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You see how fast and close to the crowd that bit of chair fell as well yeah it, it reminded me weight, it reminded me of the time when brock lesnar ripped a, a car door off and yeah. then launched the door into the crowd and one of the parts of the door genuinely hit a fan which yeah. was that guy's a monster oh dear um Cactus Jack ends up using a drop toe hold though to send Triple really? H's face down onto the steps, which I thought yeah. was so so simple but so clever. And he's wrestling him then with no arms, effectively. Yeah, I mean he's got the 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 weird uh, handcuffs that have a, a three foot chain between them. I've never never yeah. understood why those handcuffs uh, are, are used, but um, why. I do not get why wrestlers cannot learn that holding the stairs head hard to try and attack some of them never ends well. You are always going to go face first in, into that. But and Triple H goes, he doesn't only go face first into that the the V section of the of the uh, the steps, which kind of gives a little bit of protection. He genuinely goes into that the 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 diamond plate the yeah. where where people walk up and yeah he's. Another brilliant uh, spot uh, taken very, very well by Triple H. Uh, we carry on with a few more chair shots and a bit, a few more battles. Uh, and Cactus Jack falls out the ring and stumbles towards the entranceway again. Triple H has the chair. He's threatening to clock Cactus Jack. Well, he does. He does hit him and it's horrific, but he's threatening to do it again. Yeah. And then The Rock just comes out of nowhere and waffles Triple H. <laughs> waffles Triple H with a brutal... For all the chair shots that, that Cactus takes in this match, Triple H's one is is easily on par with it because it, it bends the chair essentially in half and it, it just absolutely floors him, uh, The mm. Rock, sneaking out, leveling him, and then off he pops again. Yeah. And then a cop comes out to, to release... Um, cactus from from the the handcuffs, which is is that not kind of cheating because the match is still ongoing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, the Rock just hit him, hit him his opponent with a chair. Yeah, so I, I, of... I get that. So it's tit for tat, I suppose. Yeah, but then maybe. they both come out to help Cactus. So oh, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, um, I suppose. It, but it gets handcuffs out of the the way, so we can essentially get to the the end of the match yes yes via the announce table cactus jack manages to land the pile driver on the announce table which looked pretty brutal and then brings out the bag of thumbtacks ready to mm -hmm. i suppose finish triple h off with that but ends up getting slightly distracted when stephanie mcmahon does arrive turns around ends up getting backdropped by cactus sorry by triple h onto the tax himself so it backs up the point you just said again magsy he's bought the tax out and yet he's the one who's gone into them Clang. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and, and then he, <laughs> he does the typical thing of, of kind of rolling in them as well. Yeah, which, make sure they're stuck in you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every time Mankind or Cactus involves um, thumbtacks in a match, he he ends up rolling around in them. 
like, mm. like it's sand. I mean, I think yeah. Jerry Lawler in the match calls the bag that he brings in uh, a bag of sand, which yeah. is, it definitely is not. There's literally tens of thousands of uh, thumbtacks in it. But yeah, it's he's a, he's mental, isn't he? He's absolutely mental. He loves piercing his skin with many, many fan points. Yeah, yeah. Silly, silly cactus. Um, he takes a pedigree. But kicks out at two to a massive reaction from the mm-hmm. fans because nobody had been kicking out of the pedigree at this point. This is a really oh, it was you know, very unusual protected. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then takes a second pedigree onto the tax. That's the three count. Triple H wins the match. We get a bit of afters, don't we? We get a bit more fighting and so on after the case and, and so on. But that's kind of the whole gist of, of our main event from Raw Rumble, Max, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I love the fact that Cactus... Um, he he refuses to to get uh, wheeled out on a stretcher where Triple mm. H, even though he's won the match, definitely does not look like a winner. That guy needed stretching out. Uh, and then uh, Mick or Cactus wheels him straight back in and, and yep. essentially launches him into, into the apron, throws him back in the ring and clocks him with Barber one more time for good measure. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff. So then, out of 10. What are you thinking, Max? I mean, Dan has said it uh, at the beginning of the show. Two uh, amazing blocks, me and thee, uh, watching one of the best matches, uh, uh, a match that he absolutely loves. I absolutely love it. This is a match that I don't think... um, I don't think it's aged at all. This, This feels like it could happen now. This feels like a match that perhaps would happen in AEW. Yeah, uh, with with the likes of Mox or Darby Allen, there's very little to pick at uh, in in what goes wrong in this match. Um, so I'm tempted to 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 fire the big gun. I think mm. I'm going to give this a ten. I love oh. this match. So yeah, I'm going ten. I I I agree with you with so much of what you've said. It is absolutely fucking brilliant, and it's twenty three years old, nearly twenty four years old. It's mad. It doesn't. It looks like it looks fresh. It looks yeah. like, like I said, a match that could happen now. You stick this in a GCW event, and the crowd will be. This is awesome! Holy shit! This is yeah. wrestling. Jim Ross on commentary as well is is fantastic as well. I think he he always improves matches like this. It is absolutely sodding brilliant. So so good. They do everything right. I'm a smidge lower though, Mags, and I'll tell you why. I remember reviewing the Hell in a Cell match the following month between Mick Foley and Cactus Jack, and I remember always just slightly preferring the Hell in a Cell match to this okay. one. Now, I gave the Hell in a Cell match a 10. So this, I'm going to give a 9.5. I mean... Just because I, I do slightly prefer the Cell match, but not much in it. This fair. is still an absolutely fantastic watch. So yeah, that, that's a 9.5 from me, mate. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. The fact is, it's it's one of the the best matches of both guys' careers uh, yes. still still stands up today as a, a quality match. Yeah, I'm really glad that won the poll. And me. And me. Uh, speaking of the poll, then, where would you like to go next week if you win yet a bloody game? Whoa, that, that, that sounds bitter. 
Sounds very yeah, I am bitter, mate. I am bitter. My option well, last week was fucking great wrestling. Don't get me wrong, I loved watching this, but it'd be nice to win once in a while. Okay, I mean, well, let's see how the, the CWF and the, the general public vote. So, for this match, I wanted to link in a way that I haven't ever linked before. So, usually we'll link by the wrestlers or the event or even the, the stadium. Um, things like that. But I wanted to go think a little bit outside the box. So I did a, a, a little Google search of the best wrestling matches that involved handcuffs. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, and there was one clear um, standout, and it's actually very, very recent. So we're, we're fast-forwarding to... Um, 2020 WWE Clash of Champions 2020 and the curtain jerker for that uh, event was uh, a triple threat ladder match with uh, the WWE Intercontinental title on the line and it saw Sami Zayn taking on AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy and the use of the the uh, handcuffs is very unique in this match because Sami Zayn handcuffs Jeff Hardy by the ear. Oh, so, yes. So he's got the stretcher in his ear. Yeah. So I thought, let's watch another match involving handcuffs uh, and watch uh, the, the the opener from uh, Clash of Champions 2020 and the Intercontinental Triple Ladder, uh, Triple Threat Ladder Match. Because who doesn't like a ladder match? Oh. Who doesn't like... Uh, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn and this got a four and a quarter star rating from Shagger Dave so it's a winner there we go mate there we go I have not seen that since it aired I completely mm-hmm. forgot it even existed Do you know I... this this actually shocked me because it just shows this event shows just how long um, Roman Reigns' uh, run with the title has just been because his uh, the main event is him facing Jey Uso uh, for the for the title, and wow. so that Bloodline storyline is still going on mm. three years on. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, that's my pick. Great show, absolutely great show. I'd be very very happy to rewatch that because I don't remember much about it. Just little bits as you were talking. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I remember it being very good. So that'd be interesting. I think it, it was this part of the whole conspiracy, uh, Sami Zayn. Oh yeah. Era, and there was two title belts. He was saying he was there. Uh, he was still the champion, but Jeff Hardy was actually the champion. So yeah, yeah. should be a fun match if it wins. Three very, three very, very talented guys as well. So yeah, yeah. great show. Um, I have to put something up against it though. And initially, Mags. I was just going to be super sulky and bitter about losing this week and in, in previous occasions as well um, when I want to watch some really good proper wrestling uh, rather than, you know, stunt shows or gimmick matches or anything like that. And I thought just to just to, for the laugh to see your reaction, I was going to find a way to link to Terry Funk versus Harley Race for the NWA world title 1977. But then I thought, no, nah, I won't, because that's guaranteed to lose, because nobody likes to watch good wrestling. So um, <laughs> instead, I am going to jump forward about 15 years. We spoke about 1992 earlier on, and it is a match from 1992 that I'm going to link to. It is a match 
from the summer of 1992, but not from SummerSlam 1992. I would like to go. (laughs) I would like to go with Cactus Jack being the link. I would like to look. I I enjoyed Jack so much in this and seeing Mick Foley back in that press and that reveal of putting the Mankind mask off and showing the Cactus Jack T-shirt. I was like, oh, man. So I thought, we've not watched any Cactus Jack from back in the day on this show before, to my knowledge. I mean, the match against Vader has been up on the pole, but lost and stuff like that. So yeah, thought, well, and we've, we've spoke about him being lost in Cleveland and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd try and find one that maybe I don't really remember, but gets good ratings online. So Cactus Chat being the link, I'd like to go to WCW Beach Blast 92 and see Cactus Jack take on the surfer version of Sting for the WCW Ooh. title. In a match that Mick Foley in 2020 for WWE itself, uh, an online show for WWE, Mick Foley referred to as the perfect match. So I think that would be quite interesting. Ah, That that is my my option there. And this is the era of WCW where they didn't have crash mats on the outside of the ring and stuff like that. I'm fairly certain Foley still does the stupid elbow drop and all that sort of shit, just onto the bare concrete. So... That is my option there, my friend. Let us know what you think in the chat. Thank you very much. And obviously keep your eyes out on our social media accounts. The Twitter is where the poll always will be, or X or whatever it's called now, uh, at chain underscore wrestling. And your options this week are Clash of the Champions 2020, a three-way intercontinental title ladder match between Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy. Oh, my what a collection of talent that is. That is yeah, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's yeah, just as I'm talent. reading it out, I'm just thinking, why? Uh, or a little bit of retro WCW and a slightly younger and not as beaten up Cactus Jack against a slightly more bleach blonde version of Sting. Um, and Sting. <laughs> yes, definitely. Sting versus Cactus Jack, WCW Beach Blast 1992, in what Foley described as a perfect match. Magsy, let's scan through the chat very quickly. Or do you want to jump straight into Hulk Hogan's and Billy Bullshitter? No, we'll we'll scan the chat. Uh, so oh, Connor says the CWF has a WhatsApp group where we try to get each poll to 50-50. Now I've said too much. <laughs> Max yes, is coughing we, again. I mean, we we know about it. We've infiltrated it. Um, <laughs> Dan says Foley versus Triple H is a rivalry that goes uh, so under the radar, but it was so good. Yeah, yeah they only had three um, matches one-on-one. The mm. two, obviously, uh, that we've covered, and one in 1997 when Triple H was uh, still Hunter S. Helmsley. Um, so for so little um, match ring time between the two guys, they, their chemistry is just off the chain, absolutely off the chain. The storytelling, I think, especially in this run, it's just brilliant from the pair of them, though, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Connor says, uh, fun fact, my parents went to this show and they had all pictures from the event, but the pictures are lost to time. We got the uh, the house apart uh, before moving and we couldn't find them. Oh, that must, that's, that yeah. would be devastating. Absolutely devastating. Uh, Scottish Danny agrees with the, the, the barbed wire two by four conveniently being left under the Spanish announce table was absolutely hilarious. It was. It was brilliant. And poor Hugo Sinidovic uh, getting clocked for it. <laughs> and, it and, and that was uh, Earl Hebner's fault as well. So yeah. what a twat he is. Uh, Dan says, I love Foley, but the unprotected uh, chair shots are hard to watch nowadays. So going on to that, um, I, my link was uh, 
was uh, the the handcuffs, and one of the matches that I was considering was another Mick Foley match where he gets handcuffed. It was from ECW uh, Cyber Slam, I think ninety six, maybe. Okay. And he's facing uh, the franchise, Shane Douglas, uh, and he gets handcuffed um, and then gets locked into the figure four and Marky Whipwreck uh, turns on Mick Fowler and absolutely waffles him with a chair uh, whilst he's trapped in a figure four and you can see it genuinely knocks him out. He's literally Jeez. passed out and the, the sound of that chair cracking him in the face is absolutely unreal. Uh, so that was going to be a, p- a potential alternative pick, but I think I've made the right choice with the one I've gone so. with. Um, Dan also says a well-deserved 10 from Mags, uh, and he thought he thought we were going to go for a big uh, boss man match with the handcuffs. I mean, we could have gone with boss man versus nails, but ain't nobody wanting to watch that shit anymore. Have we um, not covered that? We probably have, because we are sociopaths, aren't we, really? Yeah. Pretty much, mate. Uh, and then <laughs> the final one, Dan Griffin, uh, uh, 50-50, anyone? No. Uh, just watch my match and definitely don't watch the, the match from ye olde 1992 WCW wrestling. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Thank you so much, <laughs> everyone, in the in the chat there. Uh, Magsy, shall we dispel some uh, statements made by a certain... Big orange racist. Let's go. Well, let me tell you something, brother. The liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire, squirming, squirming, pants are burning when I lie, my hips start turning. Wow, that's unbelievable. Look, man, I made a mistake. So, last week we covered that Hogan, Billy bullshitted about the fact he had a number one album and uh, he discovered Simon Cowell. Um, <laughs> this week we're. Uh, we're talking about when he he took exception to Dave Meltzer uh, reporting that Macho Man had an injured arm and had a segment on WCW TV where he proclaimed that this is what we call a rag sheep rubber. Then viciously denied the rumours that Macho um, had a arm injury. Macho was stood, stood at the side of him nodding along. The only problem is that it was true and Macho did have a sore arm. Uh, and this led to him working a, a, a match, doing all his normal spots, and causing himself even more injuries. So Hulk Hogan is lies injuring other wrestlers. It was a staff He's a cunt. As well. Yeah. He's a prick. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, we spoke about Danny and I spoke about that at length on Nitro Nights when we hit that point a little while back. And it's just that that story is unbelievable. The fact that he's there with the dirt sheet, he sets fire to it. And yeah. Sting gets crazy excited about it as well. Sting's there and he gets really over the, over animated about it as well. It's just nonsense. What a knobhead. Yeah. And you can just imagine uh, Macho going, Hogan, I have got a sore arm. And Hogan saying, <laughs> Well, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah, you still got to lie down for me again. Um, <laughs> uh, so that, I think, Magsy, concludes this week's Chain Wrestling Live. Yeah, Do you want to let everyone know? Yeah, I've had a great time. I've had a great time. We'll have to talk about gimps more often. Um, <laughs> Do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you and your chickens online, my friend? Uh, I certainly will. Uh, firstly, again, uh, in the chat and the Cedar Refuge, you've been amazing this week. Yes. Just what Always. you 
what you guys uh, bring to this show, um, it, it's it's the best thing. It's genuinely the best thing. It's it's at least fifty percent of the show. You got the interaction we have with you guys, and we thank you each and every time that you turn up. It just makes the show a million times better. Uh, but if you want to see more of me and my chicken-based antics, that sounded wrong. I'm definitely not a chicken gimp. I promise you. Chicken um, gimp. <laughs> You can follow me on TikTok at PodFarmerMags, or if you want to be um, left on red a lot on on X, you can follow me on there at PodFarmerMags. There we go. Uh, anything I'm involved in, as always, you can find via the network that carries this show at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, on all your podcast players, platforms, providers, YouTube, Twitch, and all that good stuff. Make sure you are following, liking, subscribing, and sharing, and all that stuff that I say every single week because it makes such a massive difference to the show, the network, and being able to bring you these these podcasts or live streams uh, every single week. I guess Maxi, and every single week is rammed with stuff for you to enjoy we have the volley looking at well there's an international break coming up soon so there's talk about live shows that are just gonna be open discussions about the likes of var and so on so make sure you keep an eye out to involve those why have we got the barry windham being the stalker video in the background again whilst i'm doing my wrap-up why do you feel hell-bent on distracting me when i'm giving out this information um, um be a professional and ignore what's going on around you fuck's sake I've forgotten what I'm up to now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got all sorts of stuff going on as well. The Doctor Who pod is just uh, today. Actually, the last draft episode has been released with a little bit of a sort of podcast debut as my daughter Charlie jumps on the show to select a David Tennant story for Dan and I to watch oh, and cool. does brilliant there. Uh, we have, of course, Tyler's takedowns looking at the Territory Days, Modern Day Wrestling, WWE, AEW, NXT, New Japan, all this sort of stuff. Make sure you're checking him out every single Friday on SJP World Media. Tyler does fantastic stuff. Paranormal Junkie with Benny Mac. There's so much going on, Max. I, I, I went out of breath trying to explain it to everybody. I really do. I think it was more because you're excited about seeing uh, Barry Windham in the background. I can't see Barry in the background. That camouflage is too good. Ever since, yeah, exactly. But he's got a mustache, <laughs> so we all know who he is there we go but most importantly you can find and follow this show on facebook and twitter at chain underscore wrestling and that is where you will find links to the shows the podcast versions the live streams uh the non-wrestling topics any other interactions with the cwf and of course our weekly poll to decide what we watch magsy i'm off now to take big bob and hide him somewhere till live falls asleep so i've got somebody who will watch harley race versus terry funk with me later on tonight i'll see you next week my friend fuck barry windham (laughs) 